4. Planning ahead. In this section, key points, planning ahead. Financial matters. Benefits. Making decisions for the future. Driving. Working. Key points, planning ahead. After you've had time to adjust to your diagnosis, make sure your finances and affairs are in good order and all your paperwork is in one place. There are things you can do to make managing money easier. You can talk to your bank about allowing someone else to deal with your bank account for you. Consider getting a chip and signature or contactless card so you don't have to remember a PIN number. You may be entitled to a range of benefits, including attendance allowance or, if under 65, the new personal independence payment. Your carer may also be eligible for carer's allowance. Ask Social Services, Citizens Advice or Age UK for advice. You will find their contact details in the Other Useful Organisations section in Section 9. It can be difficult, but it is a good idea to plan ahead and talk to those close to you about the future. If you're able, try to do it as soon as you can. Make sure you have an up-to-date will. Consider setting up a lasting power of attorney. This will allow someone you trust to make decisions on your behalf if you're no longer able. You can also set up an advanced decision to refuse treatment or an advanced statement which allow you to have a say in your future medical care. Talk to your GP or solicitor about this. If you drive, you may not have to stop immediately, but you must tell the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Agency, DVLA, in Great Britain, or Driver and Vehicle Agency, DVA, in Northern Ireland, about your diagnosis. You will find their contact details in Section 9. You must also tell your car insurer. If you're still working, you may choose to carry on doing so. It's important to talk to your employer. If you stop working or reduce your hours, you may be able to claim some further benefits, such as employment support allowance or, in some areas, universal credit. Financial matters. Once you've had a chance to adjust to your diagnosis, you might want to start thinking about your finances and how to manage your money in the future. There are things you can do to make paying for things simpler and there are ways you can plan your finances for the future. Take some time to ensure your affairs are in order and that all your essential documents can be found easily. This includes details of your bank accounts, tax, benefits and pension as well as mortgage or rent documents, insurance policies and your will. It can help you to know how much money you have for the future. This is useful when it comes to thinking about help with care or buying equipment. It might also allow you to think about things you can do now, such as going on holiday, which might get harder as your dementia progresses. Ways to pay there are ways that can make paying for everyday things easier. If they aren't already in place, consider setting up direct debits for regular payments such as gas and electricity bills. This means they will get paid automatically and may also be cheaper.
If you have memory problems, you may find it difficult to remember PIN numbers for debit or credit cards. Talk to the bank about alternatives, such as a chip and signature card or a contactless payment card. You might also want to set up limits on your debit or credit cards. This means that only so much money can be taken out at one time. This can be a good idea if you lose or misplace things often. Bank accounts. If you have a joint bank account, for example with your partner, your bank might advise you to have separate accounts instead. This can make some things simpler. Your benefits and pension, for example, can be paid directly into your account. Having separate accounts may also make means testing for benefits more straightforward. If you want to have your own account, but want someone else to help manage it, you can arrange a third-party mandate. This allows a third party to sign cheques and make payments for you. It is only valid while you have the ability or capacity to manage your own account. If you want someone to manage your finances for you after this, you will need to make a lasting power of attorney. Further information on this shortly. Trusts. If you have property or savings, you might want to set up a trust. This allows someone else to manage these assets on your behalf. It will ensure things are managed the way you have chosen, now and in the future. Seek advice from a solicitor or financial advisor. For more information, see booklet 1501, Managing Your Money. Benefits You and your carer, if you have one, may be entitled to a range of benefits. Some are means-tested, meaning that whether or not you can get them will depend on your financial situation. Others depend on your national insurance record or your health and individual needs. Getting the benefits you are entitled to can seem complicated, but there are people who can help. This might include giving you advice on what benefits you can get and helping you to complete the forms, which can be long and detailed. Help may be available from a social worker, contact your local authority, a local welfare rights service, Citizens Advice, Age UK, or other local not-for-profit organisations, Department for Social Development in Northern Ireland. The government website, gov.uk, also provides useful information. For some benefits, the Department for Work and Pensions, the DWP, can arrange for someone to visit you at home. You can also call the Disability Benefits Helpline in England and Wales or the Benefits Inquiry Line in Northern Ireland. See other useful organisations in Section 9 for contact details. Types of benefits Attendance allowance, disability living allowance and personal independence payment. These are the main benefits that people with dementia can claim. Whether or not you can claim them depends on your daily living, care and mobility needs, not on having a diagnosis of dementia. These benefits aren't means-tested or based on national insurance contributions. They are tax-free. The relevant inquiry line for each benefit is covered later. Attendance Allowance, AA, is a benefit you can apply for if you are 65 or older. It is to support people who need help with personal care, 
for example, with taking medication, washing or dressing, or if they need help to remain safe. There are two different rates that are paid. If you need help either during the day or at night, you will get the lower rate. If you need help both during the day and at night, you will get the higher rate. You will need to fill out a form to claim attendance allowance. You can get this by calling the Disability Benefits Helpline. Details are in the Other Useful Organisations section. The claim form will include questions about which activities you find difficult or impossible to carry out. It will also ask about what care and supervision you need, such as whether you need help with bathing or cooking. Some of these questions may be quite personal, but it's important you answer honestly. A medical assessment isn't always required for attendance allowance. Two other benefits you might receive if you claimed when you were under 65 are Disability Living Allowance, DLA, or Personal Independence Payment, PIP. These benefits are to support people who have daily living, care and mobility needs. Whether or not you can claim them depends on your needs, not on your diagnosis. They aren't means-tested or based on national insurance contributions. PIP is the benefit you can apply for if you are under 65. It has two parts or components. One for daily living, for example, washing, preparing meals, managing money, and one for mobility, for example, difficulty walking outside or being unable to plan and follow a route. There are two rates for each component, and which one you get depends on how much help you need. DLA was the benefit that was in place before PIP, but no new claims can now be made. If you were born before 8th of April 1948 and are already receiving DLA, you will continue to receive it and won't be transferred to PIP. If you were born after 8th of April 1948 and are receiving DLA, you will be transferred to PIP over the coming years. Everyone who was in receipt of DLA or PIP before the age of 65 will continue to receive one of these benefits beyond this age. All of these benefits can be claimed whether you live alone or with other people. If you are admitted to hospital or residential care for a prolonged period, they may be suspended temporarily. Carer's Allowance If you have someone who looks after you for at least 35 hours a week, that person may be entitled to carer's allowance. This is an amount paid to a carer to support them in their caring role. They will only be able to claim if you receive attendance allowance, the DLA care component at the highest or middle rate, or the daily living component of PIP at either rate. Your carer doesn't have to be related to you or live with you to claim carer's allowance, but they must be 16 or over and earning less than a set amount each week. If they receive carer's allowance, you could lose some of your benefits as a result. You should get advice before deciding whether your carer should claim. Your carer will need to fill out a form to claim carer's allowance. You can get this by calling the carer's allowance unit on 0345 608 4321 or going to the gov.uk website. Other benefits. There are other benefits that you or your carer might be entitled to. For example, 
state pension or pension credit. If you or your carer are retired, check that you are getting all the state pension or pension credit you're entitled to. Phone the pension service or go to the gov.uk website. See other useful organisations for details. Housing benefit or council tax support. If you are on a low income, you may also be able to claim means-tested housing benefit if you are renting or council tax support. Your local authority can advise. Many people with dementia will already qualify for reductions on their council tax bill, regardless of their income. Winter fuel and cold weather payments. If you are over the qualifying age, you will usually be entitled to winter fuel payments to help with your heating bills. You might also qualify for cold weather payments during very cold spells. This depends on your income, not on your age. For more information, see Fact Sheet 413, Benefits. Putting someone else in charge of benefits. If you choose to, you can ask that someone you trust, known as an appointee, can receive and manage the money you get in benefits. To do this, you will need to contact the Department for Work and Pensions, the DWP. The appointee will have to prove that they are managing your money with your best interests in mind. Making decisions for the future. After a diagnosis of dementia, it can be difficult to think about your future. However, it is important to do so as soon as you feel comfortable. Everyone needs to make decisions from time to time about their health, care, finances and housing. As dementia progresses, it will become harder for you to do this. There may come a time when you no longer have the ability, known as mental capacity. Putting things in place now means you know that your wishes have been recorded and will be respected in the future. This can be reassuring for you and also for your family and friends. They will be more able to do the right thing for you if you have made it clear to them what you want to happen and what your preferences are. If you have dementia, the law protects your right to make your own decisions and be involved in any decisions that affect you. Get support with making decisions that you find difficult. Put plans in place in case you are unable to make decisions in the future. Appoint someone you trust to make decisions for you in future, for example about your care or your finances. Wills. Everyone should make a will. It allows you to choose who inherits your money and your possessions. Talk to a solicitor about making or updating a will. If you are living with dementia, you can still make or change your will as long as you understand the decision you're making and what it will mean. A solicitor will be able to help. Lasting Power of Attorney A lasting power of attorney LPA, is a legal tool that gives someone you choose the power to make decisions on your behalf if you can no longer make them yourself. The person or people you choose will be known as an attorney. They will often be family members or friends, but if you don't have a suitable family member or friend, you could ask a professional such as a solicitor or accountant. In all cases, they must make decisions in your best interests. LPAs aren't currently available in Northern Ireland because the law there is different.
the system in Northern Ireland for enduring power of attorney is covered in a later section. There are two types of LPA. LPA for health and welfare. This allows the attorney to make decisions about a person's day-to-day -day care and treatment, including decisions about whether to refuse or give consent to medical treatment. It can also cover decisions about where the person lives. LPA for property and affairs. This allows the attorney to do things such as paying bills, collecting income and benefits, accessing bank accounts and selling a house on behalf of the person with dementia. If you decide to set up an LPA, you will need to do this while you still have the mental capacity to do so. A health and welfare LPA can only be used once you no longer have mental capacity. A property and affairs LPA can be used even if you still have mental capacity. To make an LPA, you will need to fill out a number of forms. These are available from the Office of the Public Guardian under Other Useful Organisations in Section 9. The LPA will then need to be registered with the Office of the Public Guardian before it can be used. There is a fee for this. These forms can be complicated and many people pay a solicitor to help them complete them. But you don't have to. You can now create your own LPA using the government's online tool at www.gov.uk forward slash power dash of dash attorney. If you don't have access to the internet or are not confident using a computer, Alzheimer's Society offers a lasting power of attorney digital assistance service. One of our trained volunteers will be able to complete the online form on your behalf over the phone. To access this service, contact Alzheimer's Society National Dementia Helpline on 0300-222-1122. For more information, see booklet 1510, Planning Ahead. Enduring Power of Attorney To give someone power of attorney in Northern Ireland, you will need to make an Enduring Power of Attorney, EPA. This is like an LPA, but it only covers property and affairs, not health and welfare. Talk to your solicitor about making an EPA. EPA was the old system in England and Wales too. You can no longer make an EPA. However, if you made an EPA before the 1st of October 2007 and it was correctly filled in, it is still valid and can still be registered and used. For more, see Facts Sheet NI472, Enduring Power of Attorney and Controllership. Deputies and Controllers if you don't make an LPA or EPA while you still have capacity, it can cause problems for those close to you later on. If a carer or a family member wants to be able to make decisions for you if you no longer can, they will have to apply to become a deputy in England and Wales or a controller in Northern Ireland. This is more expensive than registering a power of attorney, more time-consuming and can take several months. It also doesn't give you the choice of who will make these decisions for you or what decisions they can make. 
For more information, see Fact Sheet 530, Becoming a Deputy for a Person with Dementia. Getting legal advice. If you decide to pay for a solicitor, you may want to talk to a few different ones and compare prices and services. It's important to find a solicitor you are comfortable with and whose advice you trust and understand. Your local citizen's advice may be able to offer advice, or you can search the solicitors for the elderly website, or phone them to find a solicitor in your area. You can also find a local solicitor on the Law Society website. See other useful organisations starting in Section 9 for contact details. For more information, see Booklet 1510, Planning Ahead. Other ways to plan your care in the future. You can make decisions about your future care in a range of ways. Talking to family and health or social care professionals about your preferences for the future is often referred to as advanced care planning. This can include lasting power of attorney, an advanced statement, an advanced decision to refuse treatment. All of these will be discussed in further detail later in this section. Talking about your care in the future, and particularly at the end of life, may be difficult for you. You shouldn't feel you have to have these discussions if you don't want to. However, keep in mind that if you do want to plan for the future, you will need to do so while you still have capacity. If you're thinking about advanced care planning, it's important to do it as soon as you can. Advanced Statement one thing you can do to plan ahead is write something called an advanced statement. This explains your likes and dislikes and your priorities and preferences for the future. It might cover where you would like to be cared for or what day-to-day -day things you like to do, for example. It's used if you're in a position in the future where you cannot decide these things for yourself. Unlike other ways to plan for the future, such as LPAs or advanced decisions, an advanced statement isn't legally binding, but it must be taken into account when deciding what is in your best interests. You can make an advanced statement verbally by telling those close to you, or professionals, what your wishes are. But it is better to write it down if you can, or have someone else write it down for you. This means it is a permanent record of your wishes. You can then put it somewhere safe and tell people where you've put it. It is a good idea to sign it, too, though you don't have to do this. Advanced Decision to Refuse Treatment If you would like to be able to make decisions now about your future medical care, you can make an advanced decision in England and Wales or an advanced directive in Northern Ireland. These are legal documents that allow you to refuse in advance specific medical treatments or procedures that you would not want. This might include whether to be resuscitated if your heart stops, for example. You can't use an advanced decision or advanced directive to refuse basic care such as food, drink and pain relief. If you're thinking about making an advanced decision, talk to your GP. They can talk you through the advantages of choosing or refusing particular medical treatments. Your GP will also record your advanced decision on your care plan. 
You should speak to your close friends or relatives about your advanced decision, as this will help them to understand your wishes. For more information, see booklet 1510, Planning Ahead. Driving. Having a diagnosis of dementia doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop driving straight away, but it does mean telling certain people, following their advice and possibly taking a driving assessment. As your dementia progresses, there will come a time when you have to stop driving. If you have a driving licence, the law says you must tell the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Agency, DVLA, in Great Britain, or Driver and Vehicle Agency, DVA, in Northern Ireland, promptly about your diagnosis of dementia. For contact details, see other useful organisations in Section 9. You must also tell your car insurance company. The DVLA, or DVA, will ask your doctor about your condition. They might also ask you to take a driving assessment. They will then make a decision about whether you can still drive. Many people with dementia choose to stop driving voluntarily. It's best to stop if you feel less confident or get lost even on familiar routes. Having to stop driving can be difficult to adjust to, but there can be some benefits to it. These include feeling less stressed and saving money on insurance and fuel. Taking advantage of alternative travel options, such as getting a free bus pass and using taxis or dial-a-ride services, can help you adapt to the change. Talk through how you feel with family and friends. For more information, see booklet 1504, Driving. Working. If you're still working, it is possible to keep doing so after a diagnosis of dementia. Dementia affects everyone differently, and it might be better for your physical and emotional well-being to continue working. Alternatively, you might feel that stopping work is the best thing for you. You may want to volunteer for a few hours each week instead. Getting help. If you're having difficulties in your job, you should think about talking to your employer or asking for professional advice about what to do next. Help and advice is available from a range of places, including your human resources department at work, your GP, the Advisory, Conciliation and Arbitration Service, ACAS, your trade union if you have one, Citizens Advice, an occupational therapist who can advise on making adjustments to your role, or a specialist work coach at your local Job Centre Plus office. Talking to your employer. In some jobs, you're legally obliged to tell your employer about your diagnosis, so you should check your contract to see if this is the case. If you drive as part of your job, you need to let your employer know straight away. You might feel anxious about doing this, but telling them about your diagnosis means you will be protected under the law. Once your employer knows, the law says they must try to make reasonable adjustments so you can keep working if you're able to and want to. Leaving work. At some stage, you might decide to stop working or retire early. It's important to seek advice about your pension rights. This is particularly important because the state pension age is changing for some people. Benefits for people of working age with dementia. 
If you are of working age and have dementia, you might be able to claim a range of working age benefits. Depending on your circumstances, these can include personal independence payment, PIP, or if you claimed before June 2013, Disability Living Allowance, DLA. These are to support people who have daily living, care and mobility needs. Whether or not you can claim them depends on your needs, not on your diagnosis. More information is covered in the benefits section later on. Working tax credit. This is a means-tested benefit that you can claim if you are in work but on a low wage. Working tax credit is being phased out and replaced by universal credit, covered later in this section. Statutory sick pay. This is the minimum that an employer must pay you by law, though some employers have an occupational sick pay scheme that is more generous. It can be paid for up to 28 weeks if you have a job but have been sick and unable to work. It isn't affected by any savings you may have. This benefit is paid by your employer who can give you information about claiming. Employment and support allowance. This is the main benefit for people of working age who are unable to work due to ill health. It can be based on either your national insurance contributions record or on a means test. ESA can also provide you with support for paying mortgage interest if you need it. Income support. This is a means tested benefit paid to certain people, including some carers, who aren't expected to look for work. It can provide you with money for basic living expenses and can be paid on top of other benefits such as carer's allowance or statutory sick pay. Most people who are receiving income support because of sickness or disability will have had this replaced with income-related employment and support allowance. Housing benefit and council tax support, covered previously in this section. After your diagnosis, it's important that you have a full benefits check. Speak to an advisor at Age UK or Citizens Advice. Universal Credit Universal Credit, introduced in 2013, is replacing many working-age means-tested benefits. These include income-related employment and support allowance, housing benefit and working tax credit. It's being rolled out across the country. At first, it only applies to new claims, but from 2019 onwards, it will also apply for existing claims. Universal Credit is paid as one single monthly amount to meet living costs, housing costs, amounts for children, if any, and extra costs arising from disability or caring responsibilities. It doesn't include carer's allowance, national insurance benefits, council tax support or pension credit. For more information, see booklet 1509, Employment. Your next steps. Get your finances in order and make sure all your paperwork is in one place. Write or update your will and appoint an attorney or attorneys. Arrange a benefits check for you and your carer if you have one. Tell the DVLA or DVA as well as your car insurer about your diagnosis if you drive. 